Welcome to Collisions YYC, Beyond the Echo. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. In this special series of episodes, I tackle the question of how does the world see Calgary and what can we learn from it? This is a journey of curiosity, of taking the time to gain the insights of the people that are outside of our day-to-day conversations. I'm seeking to learn where there are gaps, misunderstandings, and most importantly, opportunities for us to grow. During this intense period of economic transformation, I'm not willing to leave any stone unturned that may give us an advantage for the road ahead. Join me as I chat with thought leaders, innovators, and the movers and shakers of the world to learn their perceptions of our amazing city from beyond the echo. Good morning and welcome, Miss Joanne Fideko. Hello, Joanne. How are you today? I'm incredible. Thanks. How are you? Uh-huh. I'm really good. I'm excited to chat with you. You are my first as we branch out our, our our guest pool for people that are outside Alberta but have a perspective. We've had a lot of Calgary guests over the last year. And and you know, sometimes I'll be honest, we're all inside the same we're all inside the same ecosystem. To have someone from the outside come in who has, understands our market and has a perspective, but lives outside. So you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, but you are originally an Albertan, is that correct? Correct. Yep. I grew up about 12 hours north of Calgary in a town called High Level. Oh, okay. So I've heard of High Level. I think I learned about it in geography class, but that's the only time. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I don't know many people from High Levels. So what? just give me a quick, because now I'm super curious. How big is High Level? How many people? It's about 1,200 back then. So in the 70s when I was there. Yeah. And I don't think it's grown too, too much. Uh, Okay. I've heard you. You're from like a town of about 800. So I am. Yes, I am. Not a small town. Quebec. Yes. Uh, luckily, yeah. Montreal was about 45, 50 minutes away. So you could sneak into the big city. High level feels like you're a little, you, you literally were kind of out on, a, on an island. <laughs> yeah. In the middle. Not quite the island because it's no water around, no mountains, just in the middle of the prairies. I, I heard once you can watch your dog run away for like three days. So that's... <laughs> That's kind a great small. We that's a great small town joke, <laughs> and there he's still going. He's still going. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And how long have you been in San Francisco? So high level is the first home, uh, St. Albert, uh, for my second home that I call where, where I went to high school and uh, college. Uh, brief time in Calgary, and then I've been in the Bay Area for twenty years now, so okay. since nineteen ninety nine. Oh, so you've been through lots of cycles and ups and downs and kind of, so what, I'm just trying to think back because my history's a bit foggy. Was the Bay Area the Bay Area that we know it as today? Like in 99, was that still really, because around 2000 was when the whole kind of tech scene was really starting to get rolling down there. Is that correct? Well, the, the dot-com boom was was happening late 90s and into the early 2000s. And then the dot-com bust happened right oh, around, right. you know, really 2001, I'd say when 9-11 hit and that sort of solidified things for for the tech industry and that's where we had that that crash but you would drive up the 101 and i think i've heard this on one of your podcasts too um you drive up the 101 our major highway freeway here and while there was layoffs and while there was a downturn and whatnot it was still a pretty booming place uh you know comparatively speaking so we you know there's lots there's there's lots that that's happened here um but we've managed to definitely stay afloat through the downturns we've had a couple since i've lived here any time I've spent down there, like it, it, it seems like it is chronically busy. Just people, movement, activity, stuff going on. Like there's an energy down there that I do. Like it is a bit infectious. Like see where people can really get addicted to kind of being in that in that scene. It's, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool vibe. And I know a lot of times Calgary, you know, talks about like how can we be what what what's our version of what Silicon Valley did or what when it became the Valley and started to refer to that way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at your LinkedIn because there's there's a little bit here. I don't want to I don't want to get it wrong, but connecting startups and Corporates in Silicon Valley, innovation, advisor, managing director, 
and Boardless Canada. And I know you and I've chatted briefly before. You are a busy woman who's got her hand and a lot of things going on, but you've over the years always stayed connected to or involved in, in Alberta or Canada, I should say. Is that is that a safe way to say that? I've stayed highly involved in the last six years. The prior 14 to that, I just came home and you know visited my family and whatnot. But for six years, uh, what started with a, a role at an organization called the C100, I ran that from 14 to 16. And that got me back to coming to Canada from a business perspective and seeing okay. what was happening there, being super passionate about it. So... Interesting. And Canada, Canada. so your preview of the C100, obviously abroad. Um, obviously, we're talking about Alberta a little bit, but I guess from the outside six years ago, coming from the Valley, lots of activity, lots of stuff going on. Kind of just, I'm curious your perspective when you started kind of coming back to Canada with the filter that you'd created being, being where in, in kind of the hub of it. What kind of what was your take on it when you kind of came in six years ago and like, oh, you guys are way behind. There's, I'm not trying to put you on the spot either. You guys are way behind. There's huge opportunity here. What was the view from outside? Thankfully, there is a lot of work that had been done via the C100 um, for, I think that was four years prior to me joining. And so I don't think my viewpoint was uh, the same as when folks started back in 2010 and really trying to create some cross-border connectivity. But when I came back, I still recognized the bubble that I lived in, um, the pace that I lived at, the energy that we had and the way that we did business was still advanced, like, significantly different than where Canada was at with it. So there was still a lot of room for, for change and improvement and growth or maturity um, at that point. So I'm going to dig in a little bit because I, I love the details of this. So the, the pace, the way that you guys did business, what were some of the key things? Because we'll bring this back to Alberta because as we look to innovate, I've, you know, like any good personal growth, you look to someone who's done what you want to do and you go, hey, what traits do they have? What habits? And then you want to duplicate it a little bit. What were some of the things that you saw that were different or, you know, from an opportunistic, not a negative perspective, but where, where were we maybe getting in our own way or that we had some opportunity to learn a bit from the way you saw business being done south of the border? And this goes to like a theme that I have of just like the the viewpoint that and experiences and perspectives that we really need to have if we want to challenge ourselves and grow, whether that's as a person or a company or in an ecosystem or a country or whatnot. And so the biggest difference that I saw was, again, for me, the world comes to Silicon Valley when it, when it comes to tech and innovation, whether you're a startup looking to pitch for capital, whether you're a multinational, um, whether you're just looking for customers, you want to see some innovation, the world comes here. And so we're very fortunate that way that we get to see all of that around us all of the time. What I saw as one big difference was that Canadians weren't coming, weren't leaving maybe their own four walls of Toronto or Calgary or Canada in and of itself. Very regionally still um, focused and looking at things like I'm growing a company that's going to be the best in Toronto or the best in Ontario or the best in Canada oh, versus I'm going to grow a global business. That's definitely shifted more so in the last six years, but we still see that um prominently enough. And again, this isn't necessarily a Canada problem. You can put some other country um, yes. in here as well, or location, even geography in the US. But if you're, from my perspective, and the work that I live in is being a tech company that wants to, you know, be very successful, you've got to be thinking globally first. And so that's, uh, was one major difference. You know, we just were early adopters of technology and everything down here. So I recognized right away the the tools that I was using, the language, the things that we were working on, like how open we were to things um, was, again, pretty, pretty different. And, you know, I'll speak on, you know, global or, or generalistic terms. It doesn't obviously mean for everybody in the population. So I'm not trying to offend. 
um, anybody, but just, you know, here we're, we are surrounded by people that are striving and achieving and, you know, growing businesses that are not just trying to get from 10 million to 20 million, but from 10 million to 100 million to a billion. And so when you're surrounded by that, you can't help, but, you know, that is an infectious thing. And you are always looking for new opportunities because there are in front of you all of the time. Um, so we, we always are looking and em- embracing new technologies, new ideas, new concepts. Um, it comes down to mindset. It's a big difference um, that we have here. Of we are very much this yes and ecosystem. So we want mm-hmm. to really know, um, like, how could we help them? Tell me more about that. Uh, who else is working on that? We want to help support ideas and concepts. Um, and I think what another major difference is, like, we wake up with a sense of urgency here. Every single day, right? Because everybody is working on something else that's around you. Uh, your, your network and, and everybody is just striving to create something, you know, wicked different and cool. And, you know, that's way out there. They want to be the next big thing. They want to change the world. And so you wake up and go, how am I keeping up with this? What am I doing? How's my, what's my part to play in it? Um, and so again, there's pros with that. We get to be the global tech hub in the world because of that drive it's also mm-hmm. so exhausting all of the time to wake up with it, that it's, it sounds like- invigorating invigorating exhausting all at the same time Absolutely. yes completely yeah. when you when you've traveled across canada with the c100 and looking at different pockets and we'll, we'll circle our way back to calgary here but is there is there certain environments geographical toronto vancouver montreal obviously some of the big ones where there's more of that like, is, do you find that there are pockets of the kind of in it together and like, let's go and everybody's fighting for that piece, which then drives everything forward? Is there certain markets where you've found that they have, it's more similar or is it more similar in the other way? I think there's those pockets in every region, no matter if that's like big Toronto or if it's Saskatoon or Kelowna, like all of these regions actually do have that. It's just how big or small that they are and how noticeable yeah. and what are they doing to get outside of that so that more people know what they're working on. Yes. That's one thing I've had a lot of guests on talking about the Calgary and its tendency to keep its head down and doing its work, but not sharing that story and not getting out there. And I've had a lot of guests on talk about, you know, what they believe to be unfortunate that there are startups here with good idea, with what they believe are good, innovative, disruptive ideas, but they have to go somewhere else to get their customer base. That mm-hmm. Calgary maybe doesn't want to try it. Nobody wants to be first. Everyone wants to be second. Where certainly sounding like the environment you in, everybody's always clamoring because they want, they're looking for that edge. So they're very open to what's new, what's exciting. Where here I've heard from guests, I've seen it a little bit, that there is a little bit like, yeah, we'll wait and see. Well, we don't want to take that risk. We'll, we'll wait. And I think that's an interesting cultural thing that gets in the way and you don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. And it's not a Calgary thing or an Alberta thing. It is a Canadian thing. And again, we can probably insert other countries' names or regions. It's the same thing for them. Um, Canada does tend to be more on the conservative side. There's less mm-hmm. capital to deploy. So therefore, they need to de-risk it a lot more than a place like Silicon Valley that has you know, probably the access to the world's largest capital that's here. Um, there is a mindset difference. I mean, I do think that there's more customers now uh, in Canada for Canadian startups. And there was six years ago when I okay. started in, in this role and this doing this work. Um, but still, there's still a lot that has to look to their first customer somewhere else. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but right. Canada is a great pilot location. It's a great testing ground. It's a great place to go and prove. But if you stay doing that just in Canada, 
then you're not, you're not going to grow and you're not going to be interesting for a place like Silicon Valley who wants you to be a global business that's game changing and the leader in something that is that billion dollar, you know, valuation out there. So it all depends what kind of business you're building. Um, we say this with, um, affection <laughs> down here, <laughs> but if, if you want to build, you know, a 10, $20 million, even a hundred million dollar business, that's a great lifestyle business. This is not for Silicon Valley. Right? I love so. I love when a hundred million dollar business is considered a lifestyle business. That puts it in perspective just used to say that because I've got lots of friends, entrepreneurs, ten or twenty, thirty million dollar business, and it's a great it's a great lifestyle. It'll never be a global business, but it's not attracting big investment either. It's just not that kind of business. It doesn't make it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you can get to a hundred million, then can you get to the billion? I mean, that's what they're going to be looking for for it. So that's it. So therefore, everybody doesn't need to go outside of their own four walls or their region or their province or the country it just depends what their goal is at the end so again yes. um it's 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 okay to have that and i applaud them and man i would like one of those 10 20 million dollar lifestyle <laughs> businesses you're not saying you're not saying it you would turn it away Absolutely no I, I appreciate not. that and the more unsexy it is the better let's just get something that's like making me money while i sleep isn't that the dream yeah, sometimes sexy comes with other challenges as a, as a, as a business. Cool and sexy isn't always necessarily profitable and consistent and quote unquote safe as safe as any business can be these, these days and unsure times. But when we're talking about Calgary and we're talking about Alberta and the need for change and then you know the structural foundational structural change we've had in our oil and gas industry, you know I will push the go. You know we do need some of these bigger bigger impacts and we need some companies that are willing to go outside because maybe those ten or twenty million dollar businesses. A lot of them were servicing the oil and gas sector for the last, you know, 30, 40 years. Calgary's been that hub as oil and gas, and there's tons of nodes all around that have been supporting it as we look to fundamental change. So I love hearing perspective from the outside. You know, if we're going to attract money, so we've got to tell a big enough story. And that's what I've, that's what I've heard and have a big enough potential. So when you're playing matchmaker, cause I understand that that not to minimize, that's a really important role because mm -hmm. you've got great ideas over here and you've got capital over here. If you can't get the two together, well, the magic doesn't get to happen. So I guess from your perspective, any advice or thoughts on when you work with Calgary companies to introduce them to some of that large capital pool or that that very innovative drive for big game-changing focus, where in your environment, what, where do you see the gaps? Like, Where can they do better? Where do you see the big gaps in between? Is it the small thinking? Is it just the process? Uh, I'm curious of a little... I'm, gonna build my little, I'm building my rule book here, my Joanne's Rules of Raising Money in the Valley <laughs> rule book. <laughs> So I think the most important thing is for them to get the perspective from the outside because we see this time and time and time and time again. And, you know, oh, by the way, I have a contract with the Alberta government to help support uh, startups from Alberta access Silicon Valley capital, um, as well as to help get companies from the Valley to expand into uh, Alberta. Um, and so with that, I'm a, I have a lot more exposure into the Alberta ecosystem in the last year and a half Um under that role. So we see it a, a ton of Alberta. I'm talking to Alberta companies all of the time. Um, and what it is, is it's, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. Right. And as when they come down here, I speak to them. I often get like, wow, this is so refreshing. This is so different than what I'm getting when I talk to, you know, people in my e ecosystem that's yep. here, whether that's pitching for capital or whether that's looking for that customer or whether that's just looking for some mentorship, right? There's some, there's some really experienced people um, that have built great businesses in, in Alberta and have stayed or have come back with that. Um, but there is like such a plethora of experiences that 
are here, that have built a variety of different businesses, that have scaled much faster, um, that have been those early adopters of different kinds of technologies all of the time with it. And so what happens all of the time is they're like, okay, I need this. Like I thought that I had this great idea and that I could build a big business and whatnot, but I've kind of been hit on the head enough times, Joanne, that I've realized, you know, that I'm not going to raise the capital here, that I need to go get all the customers before they'll give me money. And that maybe my idea really isn't that, that big, but you're telling me something different. So tell, where can I get more of that? And the great part is as soon as they come into this ecosystem and again, before physically um, been able to do it, it's like so much in our ethos here. It doesn't take very long, a couple of days, you know, of meetings and being around people that they realize like, wow, I can actually achieve that. I can accomplish that. I just need better access. I need to understand where I am compared to what's happening out there in the world with my product in my industry. And I need help. And I need help from like a lot of different people and a lot of different experiences. And I need capital in most likely in order to make this grow. And so the biggest thing that I say is I don't never want any Alberta company, no Calgary company, no Canadian company to have to move outside of their region. I want them to build in Canada. If they do want to build in Canada, they have to access global resources. They have to go and get that expertise. They have to go and get capital likely from outside of Canada. Hopefully Canada can participate in that, some of the venture yes. funds there, and be able to gain from it as well, and that will support Canada. Um, but again, they've got, to, they've got to come out. And so the, the biggest thing that they can do is right now, you know, get, understand these other ecosystems, go to webinars that you can, um, you know, build relationships, uh, with venture capital, with potential customer, with, with mentors, with people that can be helping you in your business. Go get those key opinion leaders, go get those influencers, um, get those in addition to what you're getting access to from within Calgary and Alberta. That's interesting. And, it's, and I've heard there's so many different versions of that advice. You know, get the idea out of the basement, go get it in front of people, get feedback, get, critis get criticism, get growth opportunity. Is there, is it, is it easy? Like I'm sitting here and I'm, that's a really oversimplified question. I'm sitting here and I've got my idea, or I've got my company and maybe I've done some product development. I've done some, some funding and I'm like, you know what? I'm listening to this podcast and like, is there a pretty easy path to get there? Cause for someone who hasn't done it, it might feel daunting, but listening to you, it sounds like there's also an openness to it. Like, so is there groups in the Valley that are very much like, yeah, we want to talk to Canadian companies. We like what they're about, but, and, and we know what they need and we can give it to them. Is that there just not maybe getting capitalized as much as it could? Don't you know how easy it is to get a meeting with Elon Musk at lunch and walk away with a million dollar check? Of course, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> You're the, if anyone who's accessible. not watching, you can, she's <laughs> Joanna's smirking as I'm asking this question. I'm like, where am I going? Digging myself into a hole on this one? Uh, yeah, for, um, you guys just hand out money. Like it's just like on the street, you show up with a good idea. That's not what yeah. I meant. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I mean. So the interesting thing is that <laughs> has happened and does happen. And that's how Silicon Valley in some ways been built. Um, but you've got to have really great track record and success for you to go have a lunch and walk away with Tim Draper giving you a hundred thousand um, dollars or anybody okay. else down here. Um, so, but is it accessible? hundred percent. It's accessible. Do you need yes. to hustle? A thousand percent. You need to hustle. Is it a one time and done? No. If you come down here and you think, well, I'm going to go come and raise capital in the Valley next week and let's pretend like COVID isn't happening, right? Yep. Um, that, that, that's not, that's not going to happen. This is, you have to build relationships. You have to understand the ecosystem here. You have to 
work within this ecosystem as well. You can't just come and take from it. Um, you come and you'll learn how to give back to this as well and contribute into it. And, and it's, it's easily done, but it's not done from sitting in your office in Calgary. You have to get here physically. You have to build relationships. You have to let people know what you're working on and you have to consistently update them on what you're working on as well. And one of the biggest things that companies do, um, and what, what I love to see is when, you know, companies come down here and they're pitching to investors or mentors and, and we, we run immersive programs down here. So they come down for a week. We, we had 30 founders from Alberta come down in February for a week immersion program. Um, and what I love is seeing the validation from this network here of what they're working on. Not everybody gets that validation and says, wow, tell me more, or I, I really like what you're working on or how you're looking at it differently. Um, some people say, hey, did you know that there's like three other companies that have been doing this for two years and they've raised collectively $100 million? <laughs> Might want to go find another idea for that one. Um, but more often than <laughs> better, not, better, better to know that sooner than later, right? <laughs> it is. Don't go get more government funding. Don't go build for another like year. Don't go work on something in a silo. Figure out if that is an idea that's already being done, done well, and you don't have anything that's defensible against it. Then stop working on it and go figure out something else. But again, what I see a lot of is validation on what these founders are working on, the ideas that they have, the unique differentiators, even the traction that they've been able to get, especially on their operational efficiency that they've done with so much government funding. So there is a huge interest from Silicon Valley in a place like Canada because they see the talent that's there. They know the hustle. They know that they're hardworking. They know that they're capital efficient. Um, and they can build off of that and they want to be able to help them build off of that with it. So, uh, it's not easy, but it's accessible for sure. Yes. That's about it. Yeah, the word easy is why I got the smirk started. I think when I said the <laughs> word easy, <laughs> yeah, the, understanding that the mechanisms are there and there's a path in place that you can like, even the, like uh, the circle back a little bit, tell me a little bit about that inversion program. You really caught my attention. I wrote that one down. That sounded, it sounded really interesting. I haven't heard about that. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, we've done it. We've called it the Silicon Silicon Valley immersion. I'm really not creative with my naming conventions, as you can tell by my company name. <laughs> it's clear what Silicon it is. Valley. It's an immersion yeah. program. <laughs> um, so it is an introduction to Silicon Valley. It is helping companies to recognize where they benchmark against, again, the, the global world, because the world comes to the valley. Um, the world does not go to Calgary to pitch. You know, they're not going there to find all the customers and the capital's not going there to invest. Um, so what they do is very quickly get to see where their product or idea, the stage that they're at, benchmarks against what these investors and, and you know, organizations, leaders here are seeing and can tell them quickly if what they're working on is something that they, that they really feel can be, again, a billion-dollar business. That's the bar here. Um, and if so, what's great is um, we immerse them so throughout the week. We'll get back to that question. Um, we set up meetings with them for with investors, with mentors. Um, we do roundtable sessions with them. We have a speaker series. Um, we basically just get them ingrained into this ecosystem in about four days with bringing our network together and all that they're doing all that time is basically pitching. They're sharing their, their story, where they're at, their product. They're asking for feedback from it. And what's great about it is that throughout those four days, everybody here that they meet with, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they will walk away and they will have 
some suggestions for them. They'll have recommendations of people that they should meet with. They'll have programs and things that they can introduce them to. They'll offer to meet with them again, to hear their pitch again, to follow up again with it. So when founders come here for that immersion program, they walk away with like 30, 40, 50 people that they've met with that now starts to be a Silicon Valley network for them to build off of. And it's their job after that to build off of that network, to take that advice, you know, to take those introductions, to apply the feedback and to keep in touch with them. Hey, Sean, that was really a valuable session that you gave me and you suggested these three things and I've done them. Now I'd like you to look at it again. Or now you said that you'd introduce me to these other, other people. And that is where a lot of people fail and fall down, right? The, the manage, it sounds like managing up to me, like keep them informed, keep them in the loop, validate yeah. that you gave, they gave you feedback and you listened. There's nothing more that someone loves than going, oh, you, you implemented my idea and this is what you learned from it. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. And we've had, um, so we've been doing this for years now. We do it with different segments. Alberta is one. I've done it with uh, female founders and female ex- um, uh, executives on startups under my women's program. And, you know, generally, most of the time, I think all of the time, people walk away saying, I learned more in 96 hours in San Francisco than I did in Toronto, a year in Toronto. Like, I've gotten such critical feedback. I've gotten real feedback. Um, you know, I've got people that are validated my idea. I feel invigorated and energized. Um, and I'm going to take this back and I'm going to build off of it with it. And that's, and that's what this program is really said to do is like a first building block, if you will. On how do we just get them introduced here and recognize that it is accessible to them and how they can do it? So we're sort of like the wayfinder. And because I'm a marketer, I can't help it. 96 hours in San Francisco, that has a ring to it. I know, like, you know, immersion program. I like yeah. the 96 hours in the valley. Something <laughs> about that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I could have yeah. wrote it down. So, and do you, guys, do you have a lineup for this? Like, is there a waiting list to get on this? And I don't know, I'm diving into this so much. It just seems like such a great, uh, like, what a great resource. What an opportunity. It's like a 96-hour mini startup MBA with, with the, in the startup capital of the world. Like, it doesn't really get much better than that as a, as a startup, yeah. I would say. Yeah, we've done it. So they're, they're mostly closed programs by, by selection process. Um, the ones that we've done in Alberta have been more open under our government of Alberta contracts. So basically, if you've got the time and money to be able to come down, you can come down for it we've done it twice the first time we did it i think it was three or four weeks notice and we had 20 companies that came down um when we did in february this last time again a a little bit longer of a um, promotion period if you will um but 23 companies and 30 founders came down and spent a week down here um and and we're offering them you know continually we're looking now at just how we offer things digitally right and then yes the, the, the ultimate question like how when, is this all being redefined right mm-hmm. right and then when we're back to normal um having a portion that's here in the valley as well but i think the digital right now like it's it's a great it, it's provided a, a, us i think a real advantage to be able to access these resources more quickly actually and they're way more accessible um, and put them on an hour webinar or connect them for a 90 minute mentor session or something like that. So we're, we are right now, we'll be, uh, launching something for Alberta companies that will be focused more on customer and revenue development and customer access because ca- access to capital is always hard. And now it's going to be much harder given the, uh, COVID. Um, and Alberta companies are pretty, 
early stage when it comes to raising capital and not a lot of them really fit yet into raising capital from Silicon Valley because they're just asking, not asking for enough money and they haven't quite solidified again their, their real market okay, strategy. I, 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 I was, it was my next question of like, how, how is the level of maturity of the Alberta startup ecosystem, even from a couple of years ago till now to hear that it's not quite at that level? Are you see it moving in the right direction? Like, is it evolving and becoming a little bit more solidified as a, as a yeah. thing here? hundred percent moving in the right direction. Um, it is okay. by far behind compared to other Canadian cities uh, with mm. it and it's smaller, right? But I do think that it can really punch above its weight. I do think that Alberta has a real chance to be able to be competitive and compete with Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver's, Waterloo's of Canada and be mm-hmm. recognized as a leader with, within Canada in technology and innovation. Um, and there's work that's being done in Alberta. Startups play a huge role in that. Um, with it, there's ecosystem builders that you've had on your show and different, different mm-hmm. organizations like Platform and um, Innovate Cal- um, Calgary and Edmonton um, and Startup. Calgary and Startup Edmonton and these different resources that are out there with it. Um, so it has a huge opportunity. It's starting to take advantage of it. But I'll say that in the six years that I've been paying attention to Alberta, uh, it just hasn't done it fast enough. It has been disappointing that it hasn't happened yet. And I think there's a lot of people here would would kind of hang their head and not like to hear that, but it's 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 true. And I deal with, I have people on the show all the time. It's like ah, we just need to. It's part of even why I got the show going because there was so many stories I wasn't hearing about and yeah. so many things that were going on that nobody was talking about. And you know, I had someone on and they I said what you know what would be your what would be a dashboard for Alberta would let you know we're moving in the right direction. And one of the things he said was when we see an oil and gas headline, we don't care anymore. I was like, that was an interesting kind of twist on the fact of, yeah, yeah, we're moving on. But so have you seen the price of oil today? Like we're still a little bit, we're hooked on it a little bit because we've, because it's worked before and it's just not working right now. You said something earlier that I wanted to circle back on because I think it was, there's the capital and then there's having companies that are here, leave, maybe get capital, find customers, come back. What about companies moving into Alberta? Do you see anything in your travels or through, the valley where they go, hey, that's a great place. The quality of life is high. The cost of living is low. Uh, what what does that look like from the outside for companies coming in and setting up shop here? Yeah. So every economic development agency on the planet comes to Silicon Valley to pitch that they've got cheaper capital and they've got a great lifestyle and they have all these things that will be able to help businesses expand and grow. Toronto's been doing a great job. Um, Ontario, the um, province of Ontario has four full-time people in Silicon Valley that focus on trade and investment. So trying to get companies to move into Ontario. And they've been doing that for years. I don't know how many, probably at least 10. Um, Alberta has not had anybody doing that in, until a year and a half ago when my company, along with my business partner in Calgary, Christy Pierce, solidified a contract in order to be able to do that. So the challenge is nobody it's knows. It's state. A stage question for anybody yeah. who knows after I just oh, so I really asked you the perfect question. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I'm really curious about it because it's something I hear getting talked about, but I don't see anything going on. Yeah, and what happened quickly? Um, I think it was even before I got that contract because I was spending time trying to do this. I was been raising my hand for a lot of years saying, I'm an Albertan in the Valley with the network. Let me help. <laughs> and Alberta has like, that's really nice. There's a lot of heads that like shook and said, that's really great. And, you know, we'll be in touch. And like nobody called basically um, until the government finally uh, did this. Uh, and then somebody asked me once like, so what is San Francisco, the Bay Area's 
a perception of, of Calgary, somebody from Calgary. And I'm like, there's no perception. I mean, if they've been there, if they know of Banff, if they know of somebody from there, maybe then they have some perception or idea of it. Otherwise, how, why would they? And why would they know about Alberta? Nobody's down here talking about it. Nobody's promoting it, right? The, the, the only ones that are, are truly the startups that come down here. And that's great. That's why we want more of them. Because as soon as somebody sits here and sees like, like people walk away from our programs that go, Joanne, that was awesome. Like, show me more of those companies. I want to learn more about what's happening in Alberta. I want to see more of these things that are there. So the more people that we get down here being put in front of virtually now um, investors and influencers and um, you know, product and experts and whatnot, the better because then they're curious and then they want to say, well, tell me more, show me more that's happening from there because that looks really interesting. So I think Alberta has a great opportunity again. I'm super op- optimistic. I'm the glass overflowing girl always um, with it, which is probably why I've been disappointed um, is that my expectations are really high. Um, but to be able to showcase what's happening there um, and be able to like show our strengths off where we have them, not just in energy, of course, and not just in food and agriculture, but in life sciences mm-hmm. and in autonomous and in robotics. You know, we've got a lot that's going on in a lot of different sectors and technology areas that are there and how they're being applied um, is super interesting. Um, so I, now I forget what the question was, Tyler. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's the what what... The, the the attracting companies into Alberta. Mm. And I heard you loud and clear. Yeah, yeah, don't we don't need to hear about the quality of life and the lower cost because everywhere is lower cost of living than living in San Francisco Bay Area, from what I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not unless you're like New York or comparing some or you know, LA. But talking about what actually is going on here, what we're doing, what industries are thriving, what is what's actually going on, because that's what's going to cause the intrigue and the interest to go, oh, hmm, okay, maybe we will consider doing something up there because there's a pocket or there's an industry that's evolving and we want to get in where there's opportunity, not... We don't just want to put pictures of the mountains is what, you're, is what I'm hearing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm repeating back to you kind of what I heard. And, and for some, you know, that lifestyle absolutely becomes a key selling point. But it's not the first point that's going to be anybody coming in. We've already had some companies um, that have expanded into Alberta underneath our government contract. And Christy leads that side of us. It's called the in- in investment attraction side of it. And when we introduce Alberta to these companies down here, again, they're mostly blown away by it. They've not heard of this province or these assets or these strengths that we have. They know of Toronto, Vancouver and some other regions, and they've probably been approached or they looked at it. Maybe they've even expanded into some of those places. So again, we have a huge opportunity. We just need more of this. So just like we need more startups coming down here, there needs to be more reasons why we can be saying, hey, come to Alberta. Hey, look at what's happening here. So we're actually going to start a little, our little own grassroots marketing movement to promote what's happening in Alberta because it only behooves us, Christy and myself, in order to get on people's radars more and showing what's happening down here. Um, and, and I see these things coming out of Edmonton Global just released a leaders a series, which I think is awesome. Your podcast and, and what you're doing. Um, there's another one, I think Alberta Impact out there. And I'm seeing all these resources and I'm going, okay, how do we again get it outside of Alberta? Stop talking to each other. How do we get you talking to the rest of the world and showcasing what's happening? Because then that's where we'll get interest. So I think that 
even with COVID, I feel like we have even a better opportunity because companies are really looking to be capital efficient now and they're looking to, um, you know, downgrade and downsize in any way that they can. And so to be able to introduce them to Alberta, who is, which is cheaper than other mm-hmm. regions in Canada, which has as great of talent and a lifestyle that's equal to or better than depending, right? Than other regions. Um, it is an hour, a couple hours flight from here. It's only one time zone ahead. Like we have so many advantages uh, in Alberta for accessibility to a place like Silicon Valley. And once we introduce it, nine times out of 10 people say, I'm interested, tell me more. Which is kind of the right, if you get the right value prop, that's always when you know, it's like, oh, hmm, tell me, tell you, you know, your pitch is good when you get the tell me more question after, right? No matter what it is. Yeah. Is there any concerns from companies that you talk to that are looking at Alberta going, hey, is the talent, like you mentioned talent. I've had other, you know, people on the show and I just had a conversation this morning about like, are we at a point where we're attracting that critical mass of talent that companies know that they're not going to get limited by and who knows with this new world of distributed work and work from home talent's a lot more flexible maybe too but is is that a is that a factor for companies looking at alberta that is do we have the right amount skills and then volume of people if we if we move there does that come up for in the companies that we are approaching they're mostly startups and growth stage companies and so they're not looking to move in and hire 100 people and then you know increase to 500 and so we're looking at a couple of people that would go grow up to 10 or 20 over the next couple of years so therefore we have that talent um but yeah you couldn't bring in 50 of those at once right or you couldn't it's hard to bring in a larger multinational or bigger company that would be expanding into into that region and needing to hire in the hundreds of people for different roles. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, yeah, that's exactly what I've heard from some of you, but I like the smaller scale and what you, you, you know, you, that's a success problem that we have 50 of them show up at once. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, right. I'm kind of like, well, straight, let's, let's figure that out. Obviously you've worked across Canada. Is there other municipalities, regions that, that you've seen where, that we're, you know, I'm always looking to who's been through this before, which, you know, these cycles of economic transformation happen everywhere in the world. Is there anywhere that you've seen some lessons or like, hey, you know what, you know, Waterloo, Montreal with AI, I don't know, I'm just picking random. Is there anywhere that's kind of a few cycles ahead of us on this that we could take some lessons or learning from that you've seen they've kind of done some things really well? Absolutely. Um, Toronto Waterloo has done it very, very well. Um, Waterloo has had their uh, co-op program students coming down to the Bay Area for, I think, decades now. So everybody knows, like in tech here, uh, recognize the name Waterloo. And I, and I joke about this and I say, if I were to walk across, Can- walk across the U.S. and run into somebody and say I was from Canada, they would say, oh, Toronto, Vancouver, those are the two regions. In the Bay Area, if you were to say I'm from Canada, they might say Toronto, Waterloo. <laughs> because oh, Waterloo oh, is like such that. a great yeah. brand here from their co-op program. Um, and they've seen great companies, therefore, right, that have um, developed from Waterloo founders. Um, Sam Altman, who uh, was uh, running YC, uh, said that he was really bullish on Waterloo and would look to Waterloo grads like, I don't know what the percentage was, 100% of the time, like all of the time okay. kind of thing, because he such, saw such great talent coming out of there um, with it. So they've done really well from their co-op program. They follow that up with founders that have built companies. Yes, some have moved here and built here and not gone, gone back. And that is a risk that Canada always seems to really worry about. Yes. Um, <laughs> But they have, you know, done great things and put Waterloo on the map. I mean, where is Waterloo? When people actually go there, right? Like, 
You don't, there's no major airport to fly into. It it's, is a, it's kind of quote unquote in the middle of nowhere. And I'm not criticizing Waterloo yeah. at all because they've done a really good job for us somewhere that is literally just kind of out in a field. Right. You know, I'm, that's, oh, I'm, over, I'm oversimplifying. And people thing. love it. And there's an amazing tech ecosystem. And, you know, the Googles of the world now have, are building, have built like great campuses, big campuses there. And they, their economic development region, um, agency has done really well. Communitech has been there for, 10, 12, 15 years now and coming into places like the Valley. Um, so that is just what they've done. They, they, they show up, right? They're present. They, <laughs> they show up. They need to be here and they're consistently doing it all of the time. Um, and Toronto, again, with its um, uh, uh, like capacity and then just the sure number of people that are there, right? Um, they have had a lot of people that are coming down and then they had Mars, um, that was another accelerator, but I'm not sure what exactly to, to call it. I call it, I call them all ecosystem builders, um, you know, supportive organization like that, that has been helping companies along the way. And obviously some venture that runs out of there too, um, with Relay and, um, Inovia and, real ventures and omers and whatnot. So they have really helped to do that. And those guys, again, have been coming down here. They've VCs have created relationships with us VCs um, so that now they can go partner on some and go in on deals together. Um, and if a us venture firm leads on a Canadian deal, again, you bet that those Canadian venture firms are going to be looking at that as a great signal <laughs> for it. And Toronto has a very strong the financial ecosystem in Toronto, obviously, is incredibly strong. Yeah. And a lot more savvy than maybe it is out west, just in terms of we're just smaller. And that is a factor. Yeah. But I shouldn't say that because Waterloo is not a, you know, it's not Toronto and it's done really well on a pretty small. I don't even know what the population of, of Waterloo is, but it's no, it's definitely not even close to the size of Toronto. Right. Yeah. And then other regions like Vancouver is, I don't think BC has done a good job at all, but they've got the weather. They're super accessible here. They've had, you know, some, some yeah. companies out of there. Um, but they're more so about the lifestyle. So people view that as, as similar, but I, I think that they've, they've missed an opportunity. Um, for sure. I think Montreal has done probably a better job with having the AI center out of there. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and it's a, and it's a small ecosystem too, tech ecosystem, but a very cohesive ecosystem and collaborative ecosystem within Montreal. So, well, I know, and I've talked to some people. I grew up, I grew up in, in I'm originally grew up in Quebec, but now we're south of Montreal, and so of course it always has a warm place in my heart. It's uh, Montreal, such a unique, it, it is Montreal and Quebec in general. But talking to some people that just that, that talked about the government involvement, the higher education, how they all came together and really kind of leaned in on the on AI and and the impact it's had, and Montreal's just struggled like as an as an economy or Quebec for quite a few years, and. I talk to friends that live back there now. They're like, man, things are going well. The economy's rolling. You know, we've got this tech vibe going on, but it was kind of an all in approach to, to get them there. It didn't happen overnight from anyway, just, but all of a sudden you hear about it overnight is what happens. And it's yeah. something like that. It's like the startup overnight seven years, like oh, the, the overnight <laughs> success, which really took that startup seven years to get there. Yes. And the founder goes, you don't, you weren't there when I was sleeping in my car yeah. to, you know, you're glamorizing me now. Like, Oh my God, it happened. You're like, Oh, you don't, you don't even, you don't even know. Yeah. So from the outside, obviously someone who's looking in uh, how involved you are in Alberta from, you know, directly, you know, you, you, you have your roots here, but you've leaned in the last couple of years. What are some of the, again, I always ask this of people from here, what dashboard they would build to show that Calgary is moving in the right direction. As an outsider, what are some of the earmarks that you look at to go, okay, you know what? That's good. I'm seeing more of that. I like that. That's an indicator that we're moving in the right direction. What are some of the things that I'm assuming these are a lot of the talking points you also use when you talk to 
people you're sharing, what is in Alberta or what is in Calgary? So what's, what's on your kind of data points or your, your visual dashboard? Definitely capital coming into startups. Um, and I think that's outside capital coming in. Um, okay. I, I think more startups choosing to stay and build in Alberta. Uh, unfortunately, there's many that I've talked to over the years that just have said, sorry, I'm not getting the support. Um, there's not big enough sort of ideas and mindsets and um, beliefs here that I've got to, I've got to move. Um, so I think more of them saying there is enough here for me. I feel supported. I feel like I've got what I need. Yes, I need to go to other regions to sell, to get capital, to promote and all those things. But mm-hmm. um, there is enough here for me would be a- another indicator. Companies expanding into Alberta, such that we're working on, is a really strong indicator as well. People that we're seeing there. And again, I, I guess maybe because I'm from a small town and super grassrootsy in my effort, I'm, uh, I've worked for some big companies, but uh, I guess they're not my jam. Um, I, I just think we should be celebrating every single win that we have, whether that's one company moving in. Uh, we have a life science company that came in and uh, they're doing research, uh, research partnership with like U of C, with U of A, Alberta Health Services. Um, and he's moving there and his family will move there and he'll grow his team a little bit there. But, you know, Silicon Valley base, he's not going to necessarily be making that 10 or 20 people um, out of the gate. But the partnerships and what he's building there and being able to bring that back to his organization and ultimately all of his clients and being able to introduce. And now he's a, he's a huge fan. Um, and actually, he himself was a, f- a fellow Canadian from Toronto. Never thought about Alberta before. And now all of a sudden, he's, he's moved there part time. To, to build and, well, and And those are such huge values because you have somebody who comes in, you know, has spends time in the valley, creates a network, has a whole, you know, subset around them, moves up here, becomes an instant advocate, obviously. And, you know, life sciences is also something that I think is really under-celebrated in Alberta. I talk to people that are in it and like, we have some of the leading, most educated workforce coming out and they don't always have somewhere to go because life science hasn't necessarily been embraced or grown in Alberta. But yeah. I just never heard about it till I had a couple of guests on that. That's all they talked about. And again, it was one of those like, Oh wow. Why didn't I know about that? If someone who tries to be relatively informed of what's going on in our province. Yep. There's so much happening. I'm really excited about that sector. I do think it is for Alberta, one of our key strength areas um, and uh, great organizations and like, and the research that is happening um, at, you know, the U of C and the U of A's and, and others out there um, and groups like Edmonton health city, that has launched that is not trying to be just Edmonton either that is trying to, you know, be more provincial and even national as well. Um, are great, are great groups. So now I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot now. So this is obviously a bone of contention with everybody. Cause it's, it's just the good old rivalry. Uh-oh. Alberta versus Calgary. I've uh, Edmonton versus Calgary. She's in Alberta, Edmonton versus Calgary, mm-hmm. or maybe versus, or I've heard from people uh, that, Edmonton is just, they're doing things differently. There's a little bit, we're all in. There's a little bit. I've heard some things about Edmonton lately that are making me feel like a little more bullish on Edmonton than, than, than Calgary. And I'm bullish on all of it. But what's your perception from the outside? Is there things going on in Edmonton that maybe isn't going on in Calgary? Or, or is that maybe, am I barking up the wrong tree on that one? So from my experience and viewpoint, uh, Edmonton definitely came out of the gates and had the win. Startup Edmonton that was formed years back and those guys were in the Valley and globally you know, going to other regions and really being out there. Very smart guys um, that were hustling a lot and really building things, you know, with 
from from the ground up and trying to see how they could fill lots of holes, which again, I'm more of a generalist than a specialist. So I personally just like that approach. Then I think Calgary in the last couple of years came out with because larger city, more definitely more um, by quantity of numbers of people and startups that were there. Um, so from a numbers perspective, it was like, okay, you guys have a bit more um, activity that's going on here. Um, however, from a cooperation and collaboration mindset and viewpoint, mm -hmm. I think Edmonton wins every time. Um, I just, yeah. you know, there is, and again, it's not saying everybody because there are people in Calgary that are really trying to like help build that corridor and support that. Um, but it is very, very different. Like, and maybe it's because Edmonton says, Hey, we need Calgary in order to, to win this. And Calgary might think that they don't, um, with mm -hmm. it. Um, so I would love to see that. I mean, this really needs to be an Alberta approach, not a Calgary or versus Edmonton. Um, there's, and, and there are people that are starting and have been working on that. Um, and it's not just Edmonton and Calgary. There's great things happening in Olds and Lethbridge as well, Red Deer. Um, we need to tap into some of those access points too and be able to support them and make this like a holistic approach. And every, I think, center will win with however they're supposed to win or whatever they're supposed to win at if they, mm -hmm. you know, support support and build off of their own strengths. Um, and I think collaborate. It's, it is just so what the Bay Area does really, really well is that yes and and help each other and support each other and try to help people grow and build and be successful without actually asking for anything in return. So I've heard that exactly. Someone was like, well, in Edmonton, it's like, yeah, I'll help. And in Calgary, it's yeah, I'll help, but what's in it for me? And I've, I had someone say that to me the other day is like, well, this is how I would say it. And they, and you know, those are two very different outcomes when you run those two out to the next second and third steps off the what's, you know, what's in it for me yeah. versus the, it's interesting to hear that the Valley has kind of that we're all in it together, that pioneering, everyone's trying to learn from each other, but the, the end is very different than a but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not saying at all that there aren't really great uh, folks in the Calgary area that are doing this really well and are championing and are collaborating and are open and all those kinds of things. It's, it's just sort of an interesting underlying tone. And it's also, mm -hmm. I think maybe we're, and, and I, and I, and I don't think that Edmonton necessarily is perfect at it either. I do think in Alberta, when I come, I feel that as a general difference, um, as well. Uh, but, but, I, I do and talking different different folks and whatnot. There's not a no that comes from Calgary. Um, there's just not an invitation that's generally coming. Yeah, that's, that, that's interesting. No, and I've heard about, especially the last you know couple of months, I've had a handful of guests that have kind of circled around the differences. And, and you're right, these aren't all encompassing statements. There's pockets of everything everywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you start looking at underpinnings of beliefs and just a way of operating, sometimes you don't even realize it, but it's it's those undercurrents that can either like speed you forward or hold you back. It's just trying to identify what they, what they are. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that everybody is a certain way or everybody is, is, is another way. But if there's a belief that's... And I'm also a big advocate. If there's anything at all that's slowing us down or creating friction, let's deal with that. Like, let's get that moved out of the way because, man, we need everybody off the bench. Like, this is an all hands on deck kind of approach we need right now. Thanks. This is this is serious. If anyone hasn't not as hasn't noticed, <laughs> Joanne, I feel like I just keep asking you, peppering you with questions all day. But that, but at the same time, I need to let you get back to your to your to your life in uh, in the overcast. We're sure I think we're sharing a similar weather today as you shared uh, overcast San Francisco because it is always a, a myth to think about sunny Cali sunny California. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What's the best way for someone to reach out? Obviously, you're involved. You got a lot of stuff going on. What's the best way for someone to reach out and get in contact with you on the myriad of topics we discussed today? Go to my website, connectionsiliconvalley.com. My full contact information is there. So they can email, phone, text. Yep. <laughs> any, any form of communication that you have, there's a million ways to get in touch. Yep. Um, anything you see, and I'll ask, because you know, not that I want to talk about the, the COVID or the, the COVID, the, this current situation we're in, any major shifts that you see around like in the next six to 12 months that are going to like, wow, we've really got to think about approaching things differently, whether it's getting those contacts, it's webinars versus face-to-face, the raising money is going to become harder in some ways. What are some of the bigger things you see and how do startups, if I'm a startup in Calgary, how do I work around those physical barriers of not being able to fly down there? Yeah, I think you look at it as the opportunity uh, and try to figure out what you can do versus what you can't do. So lots of conversations like one, you got to make sure you're on the field long enough for when this is over. Right. So how do you do that? You make sure that you're extending your runway, you're being as capital as efficient as you can. You've got to make some hard decisions uh, within your organization uh, and you've got to get creative as well. So there there is still opportunity and customers and people are still doing business, you know, uh, in, in some ways, and maybe they're in different ways. So um, figure out for your business just how you can be relevant, how you can stay um, in front of your customers, how you can be talking to them if you're not selling to them in this moment. Um, be super capitally efficient so that you can have access to that when it's more readily available, it's still available now. Um, there's mm-hmm. just a haircut that's been given and valuations that will be lower and those kinds of things um, and take the opportunity to build relationships, right? So again, people are being way more accessible and you can get on a zoom with somebody um, and recognize that the process hasn't changed. You still need to know, like trust somebody before you're ever going to refer them or do business with them. So take this time to be able to do those things uh, with the people, like create your strategic list of who do I need to uh, sell to who's a potential great fit for me from a capital perspective. Um, the the thing that startups miss often on consistently is they don't do enough of their own homework. They look to somebody like me and say, "Oh, you're in the valley. You got to know everybody. So therefore, who should I approach for capital?" Um, and I get emails that say, "I'm coming to the valley and I'm fundraising a million dollars. Who should I meet with?" And they actually haven't even taken the time to tell me what they do in that email. <laughs> with it. I just, I heard your name. Um, so <laughs> this is a great opportunity to take a little time and do research and figure out, uh, who it is that's going to help advance your business. And then somebody like me can be helpful to them. Just do a, do a little bit of the work and, and maybe take the time to build the relationships before you need to make the ask. Don't go right from hello to the ask. It's what I'm hearing also. Yes. Yes, let's let's date a little bit. Let's hang out. Let's you know, but, but do your research and do your homework and take the time. That's a, yeah. I think that's no matter what, whether it's looking to raise money, understanding your customer, take the time and just go in assuming that you don't know anything and you're going to be a lot farther ahead once you figure it out. Right, exactly. <laughs> John, thanks so much for your time today. I really, I really, really enjoyed your perspective and the kind of view from outside the Alberta label. And you're right. I think we talked even myself on the podcast. I was realizing I'm just talking to too many. We're all in the ecosystem together. The need to get outside and get a outside perspective was incredibly valuable. So thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. 